took it took a while, but we're finally at the changing of the guard. And um, I know right now a lot of naysayer, naysayers are going to complain that nothing will fundamentally change. And uh, at best, this is like slapping a new coat of paint on things. But uh, let's be honest, most of those people who are complaining are fucking nerds with no friends. Uh, I'm going to strike a hopeful note here. I think the uh, new PS5 and Xbox are going to kick ass, and I'm really excited to play one. Hopefully spring sometime when I can afford it. <laughs> Thank you for that, Brett. That You're was welcome. really... I don't know anything was... about consoles. It's funny because I remember growing up, like when a console was coming out, it was the only news, period. Like I would get home and watch Crossfire because I was abused <laughs> and, and just be like, why the fuck isn't Robert Novak talking about the X? But like Mario is in 64 <laughs> bits now. There should be senators on the street with bullhorns about this. Now, whole generations go by where I'm just like, is, is that Sega Saturn game Knights coming back? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the kids spend their time doing other than like hate crimes online. <laughs> well, God, when I was uh when I was growing up, do you guys remember the Crossfire, like commercial? Yes, the little the, the, toy? the the hungry hungry hippos for people that would become MAGA people. Crossfire, you get caught up in the like I thought <laughs> like and so we would watch the preview channel like you know because you're waiting to see like what time Star Trek came on and what channel, and then you'd see Crossfire, and you're like I've I've seen this toy commercial and I believe like oh my god this is like. There's a, there's a game show of Crossfire and the kid is really and the kid in like the leather jacket with like leather like fingerless gloves going like yeah 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 and that was Madeline Albright and it was even better <laughs> yeah uh, so I was like dad let me watch this and he's like oh it's it's Robert Novak here with uh, uh, Robert Bob Baker uh, you know talking about the, the the latest you know initiative from the HW campaign that was when Tucker this. Carlson got shit on from the right not for any political reasons because he was pretty much on board there. But just because back then, if you were like, I remember Ezra Klein was in that that stack too, because they were like the up and comers who wanted to to write an essay about their beliefs, and old conservatives were just like, "Be racist, shut the fuck up, and have a smoke, <laughs> fucking dork." Who's whose nephew let, let like this let this motherfucker? On? Uh, and he used to wear the bow tie all the time. He was so easy to make fun of. Yeah, when you think about it, he was kind of the prototypical uh, bow tie dipshit. I wasn't really consuming this stuff at the time. My, my, I was both like the oldest child. So the, so my parents were sort of strict on the, the media I was consuming and had certain like Luddite tendencies. So I didn't really start consuming like big political media until like, I don't know, probably Obama came around. So I'm sort of glad I missed out on this whole, uh, this whole pre Fox news, uh, sort of pre John Stewart taking him down period. I wasn't allowed to play Mortal Kombat or watch The Simpsons, but for some reason it was totally acceptable for me to go through Meet the Press every fucking weekend. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Talk about mis misplaced priorities there, for real. I yeah, look the 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 outcome speaks for itself. <laughs> Is this what you wanted, Dad? <laughs> oh, podcast now. <laughs> look what you created. Everybody, welcome to Dumb and Awful. This is Brett, everyone on this board. Rob at Dumb and Awful. Brad, Brad at Fizz for Shizzle. 
uh, Grift at uh, Grift Shop. The O is a zero. Go to go to Grift.shop and uh, yeah, we we got we got war on Christmas gear for the season. And given Biden's victory, uh, maybe an anti-malarkey action uh, hoodie or pullover would be would, would be your speed. <laughs> awesome. How did you guys? Uh, how was your election nights? Yeah, I just hung out on a uh, Discord voice call with some you know friends from the group chats. I think I I, I went on uh, Not Safe for Wonks uh, stream for an hour or two. That was fun. Um, and then, you know, Trump was up and everyone was doom posting and I was uh, pretty, pretty black pilled as well. So I was like, fuck it. just going to go to bed and then woke up uh, not going to be celebrating at, at all. But it was it was pleasantly surprising to, to see the direction it had gone in in the morning. Uh, I had a pediatrics EOR um, two days later that I was trying to study for. And I did really <laughs> bad on that. So uh, that's the you know, worst that timing. Did- Oh my God, I know. I'm like, well, am I really going to study for this? I mean, my God. Like, and no, no, I didn't. So, you know what? I'm sorry, the entire field of pediatrics. Like, I have failed you. Um, I will not be going into peds. That much has been proven. (laughs) That's what Jeffrey Epstein said, but look how he turned out. (laughs) Fudge. I I know you weren't studying because I I saw your tweets about how the... uh, Democratic Socialists of America were like the Avengers who were, <laughs> who were rallying around Tony Stark, who's Joe Biden, and he saved us from fascism. And then Mark, and you literally said this, and somehow Mark Ruffalo is playing himself as an epic progressive. Leftists need to steal back the Avengers memes. You posted that. What the what the fuck is wrong with you, Brad? <laughs> I I don't know if I can condone this. <laughs> you know, he, I don't it know wasn't if... just once. He was like posting like mo- he sought out more. Like he saw one of the videos and was just like, "Is there a Reddit of these memes?" Oh, flipping epic! <laughs> what happened? Listen, uh, reclaiming Pepe is one thing, but reclaiming the Avengers, uh, <laughs> I don't. I think that's that's beyond the pale. Remember the Coney guy who raised a bunch of money to like assassinate an African leader, like Joseph Coney, and like at, at the president, everybody was just like, "Yeah, this guy's great," and then they they caught him completely naked and having a psychotic breakdown masturbating in the middle of an la street oh yeah brad why couldn't you have gone out with the the dignity of that man (laughs) no brad brad really what happened uh i thought those were jokes i was making i guess they just didn't (laughs) land (laughs) uh no i I saw the joke uh that you're going for i just it it was funnier to be like i think brad's losing his mind (laughs) I, i really felt for you on the north carolina front after the tom tillis uh predictions multiple times unbelievable what was the result of you guys's predictions because you you said a bunch of proper nouns all of which i could recollect off the top of my dome but i choose not to (laughs) so i'll leave it to you guys which ones were right which ones were wrong predictionville uh my off the top of my head so north carolina we won't actually know about the vote total for another four days um because votes are allowed to come in north carolina until the 12th but it doesn't look good and North Carolina, more than anything, was the biggest failure of um, the entire DNC polling apparatus. And they're saying that it was both ways. They're like, oh, man, even the Republicans were messed up by this. But I, I don't really think that's true. Um, I really think like this goes back to I posted the story. Jamal Bowman, when he primaried Elliot Engel, and I'll, I'll repeat the story quickly. In New York, he used a small pollster in the last weeks, cost a few thousand bucks, and showed him winning by 10 points. Elliot Engel, because he was the incumbent, had to use the DCCC pollster, which cost several million dollars, and showed Elliot Engel winning by 12 points. Elliot Engel lost by 15. 
And so it makes me, and then of course, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez comes out in the last couple of days and says something very similar where she just says the D, triple C, and the DNC is completely incompetent and they have no idea what they're doing and that's why they got blown out down ballot. And so it, it, I just, I can't, there, there's something systemically wrong, but there's also like maybe Chuck Schumer picking a North Carolina senator wasn't the best call. You know, or the South Carolina senator, or the Kentucky senator. I don't want Chuck Schumer picking any of my senators. Like, no, no, no. That. I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to. Jamie Harrison ran a great campaign. Um, Jamie Harrison did everything he could against Lindsey Graham. Uh, there, even if he was to lose, which he obviously he was, like, there's no reason he should have been losing. He should. Well, I think that final was like 12 points or something like that. 12 or 11 points. Yeah. He ran a great campaign. Amy McGrath is, of course, a joke. Like, no okay. reason at all for her to be winning. If they, um, how much did they spend? Like 80 million on 88, Amy? 88, no, 88 million on Amy McGrath. Do you understand? Uh, it, like, if if you spent that much on a fucking DC movie that failed. Zack Snyder would be fucking getting the Mussolini treatment in the streets right now. But Dems are just like, oh, well, what can you do? That said, between those Senate candidates that all lost, they spent a quarter of a billion dollars. $88 million wins you every single school board election in the country. Yep. $88 million wins you every single, like, small city, like, you know, every every single, I mean, how many house seats, state house seats do you win with $88 million? You flushed $88 million to Bloodbath McGrath to lose by 15 points. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty someone good if you were a Dem consultant, though, because pretty much yeah. everyone got paid because they had to. Yeah. There was too much money to get rid of. <laughs> Respect the grift. Uh, I mean, everyone's been talking about going Joker mode this election, but what's more Joker than just setting a huge pile of money on fire? <laughs> than making cartoons. That was part of her ad campaign. Is she had these like terrible, cringy, fucking animated shorts that were going out. It was so bizarre. Oh no! Wait, like anti Mitch McConnell shorts? Yes, they were amazing. Oh. No, no part of her campaign made sense, which no, you know every it, progressive it, called ages yeah, it ago. It was almost like a it was almost like a parody of a campaign because it's it, why would someone who likes Trump vote for a pro-Trump Democrat? Like yeah, if you're going no to sense. be, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, why wouldn't you just vote for the real thing instead of like Republican <laughs> light? I mean, can, Kentucky does like like the power that that he, that his position in Washington brings their state, but he is simultaneously like not well liked within the state. Um, and you should have just gone really hard at him. You got to get down in the mud. It's fucking Mitch McConnell. Like, you know, use like Mitch the bitch as your main tagline. Put those put those hands all over the, of, of his that are just rotting. Literally like making the subtext of American politics text with those rotting hands. Just put those all over billboards. Like there's there's ways to there's ways to use money instead of just like the Dem establishment yeah. is not. I mean, I think you're probably uh, a little bit right, but the Dem establishment is not going to go sicko mode as the kids not. as i'm told the kids are saying uh as my lieutenants report to me from the basement <laughs> uh I, they're not going to do that to your current president elect's literal best friend in politics mitch mcconnell <laughs> they're not going to like get in the mud over a, a, a social acquaintance like that what yeah. what, other, what other predictions did you guys have that got busted like the Tom Tillis one doesn't look like it's going to pan out. I think we all thought Maine. McGrath was going to lose. Maine. Maine. Yeah. Susan I'm Collins just, just cruising to re-election was genuinely shocking. I thought it would at least be tight. I thought that one would be tight. Well, so what happened in Maine is, that, of course, they have ranked choice voting. And the idea with the Maine Senate rate was that uh, Lisa Savage, who was um, running as an independent, uh, told everybody that was voting for her to put Sarah Gideon's name first, right? She's your first choice. I'm your second. But even that, Susan Collins got 51% of the vote. You know, that only have gotten Sarah Gideon up to 47.2. Um, you know, 
what do you what do you what are you gonna do there? I I don't know. Brad, I, I Brad, I appreciate your uh, your true New Englander political analysis. So Susan Collins able to hold on in Maine. What what do you think happened there? And you're just like, yeah, well that that'll tell you what that that'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is, brother. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank thank you, and we're back. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking New England. Gideon was up on uh, Collins, if I'm remembering correctly, in the poll. Literally the every single poll. The every whole single poll. Yeah, and it was it was a prime example of uh, the, the Dems polling not failure, being able yeah. to compete down ballot, and particularly that playing out in the polling failure, for sure. Oh, I will say the other thing. I, I, I did think the uh, Dems would sweep, or at the very least, not lose House seats. That's amazing. Yeah. I actually, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I was watching the Chapel live stream, and I'm totally with Felix on this one. I didn't think that because of polling. I thought that because you have an economic crash and you have a pandemic and you have a massive expansion of mail-in voting, right? Like those things are structural elements in which fucking anybody should win handily. Do you think if it weren't for yeah. COVID and thus the, de the depression oncoming and, and the, all the Americans dead and the, the mail-in voting thing, do you think it would have been red wave or? Trump would have fucking crushed. Yeah. It, would, that... it, would, it would not have been close. I, I don't think so. I, I think whatever the election was and the polling was totally fucked, obviously, the, the, the margins have been here forever. Nobody that was for Trump or against Trump was changed by the COVID-19 response, right? Except for the people that died. And you know what? As someone said on Twitter, Trump probably would have liked there to be 240,000 extra old people floating around the country right now. Um, I, I don't I don't know, like, whose who's opinion of Trump in November of 2019 changed between then and now? That's you know incredible, I mean? though. Like that, that's something that like actually needs to be like people need to sit with that for a moment that this is one of the few times in American politics where you can go like, oh, yeah, my life is fucking objectively worse right now. Like I'm trapped inside all the time. Like I fucking got fired or furloughed or whatever. Like shit sucks. Like it objectively sucks pretty much regardless, unless you're a very wealthy person. And even then it sucks because you can't go to parties. Right. Like <laughs> that didn't affect his fucking enthusiasm. That's insane. Like that, that, that belies a massive issue, which is no one fucking cares anymore what the media says, or like there's a huge chunk of the country that's just fully divorced from reality. Because if we find a person to lock onto, we're like, damn the consequences. That is, that's a, that's a little terrifying. And, and because Biden won, they're going to justify it to themselves by like being like, yeah, yeah, we got epic with it. And that's how we took down Trump with and just failing to uh, identify any of the systemic issues that created Trump and are going to lead to something worse than him. You know, there, there's going to be a blue, you know, I mean, like massive, massive red wave in, in 2022. I don't I don't think that's that you can you can doubt that. And then whatever the next uh uh, politician who takes up the mantle of the energy that that, tr that Trump brought starting in 2015 is is going to uh, is is going to be a dangerous situation if they're actually competent this time. I mean that's already started. Um, yeah. Tom Cotton's going to Iowa like every other weekend now. Tom Cotton thinks he's that guy, and he's a fucking moron. He's not that guy. The guy who is Josh that guy, Holly. Is Joe Hawley. Yep. Josh Hawley. I'm I'm already. I oh, we're all fully on board. Yeah, I, I was Hawley pilled. I was on the fence, and then I got invited to a, a leftist Twitter uh, Zoom watch party. And it, five minutes in, I decided it was time to volunteer for the Josh Hawley campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping I can pull him right, frankly. Uh, I would say my my only uh, caveat on the Hawley stuff is RNC campaigns are fucking wild. 
and it and it is difficult to say who's going to fucking rise above the mud. Ollie v. Buttigieg is what I want to see. That'd I want to see amazing. the CIA's guy take on the brown shirts guy. <laughs> they both funny. went to Yale or some shit. I'm sure they've both masturbated on the same pair of Geronimo's bones. Let's go <laughs> make them fight. I bet oh, Trump's going to run again in 2024 if he's still alive. Trump's not going to be. Yeah. I no, he's yeah. no, he's not. No, he's, he's done. Look at his face. Yeah, Trump's going to spend the next four years getting reamed by New York state prosecutors. He's not going to have anything (laughs) left. Like, the person who is going to run for something and probably in 2022 has got to be Don Jr. Because with Mm. that family, one of them has to be in politics in a seat at all times so they can scream, like, political persecution whenever, you know, the the IRS comes. He is just the next... He's the next manifestation of, like, my dad didn't love me because that's what motivated DJT, Right. And then on the last campaign (laughs) stop, uh, DJ TJ was like, and we did it. It's been a miraculous run. And he turned to hand the mic to his dad and go for the hug. And he got fucking nothing (laughs) in front of everyone. And it's just like, yeah, that's probably good for another like 10 years of political animus. (laughs) You can keep shooting big game. Your dad's never going to love you. (laughs) And as long as we're talking about things we were wrong about, obviously none of us expected Georgia to flip. That, I think, is mail-in ballots 100%, by the way. That is what mail-in ballots get you, because the suppression machine is not designed for mail-in ballots. It's designed for in-person voting. Like, I I genuinely think that is why you have Georgia. I mean, they might still end up stealing it at the end of the day once they do the recounts. Georgia's over over 10,000 right now at the time of this podcast for Biden. There's no way. Are they over the recount amount? No, they're not over the recount, but I mean, it's it's getting more and more. Like, they were waiting on the provisional military ballots, and it turns out uh, those were still for Biden. Oh, so. quick, quick side note on that one for people who don't know how the military ballots work. I, I realize no one is aware of this. Having been active duty. Well, what, me, me and you are. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> Steal that valor. I'm just saying uh, mine's postmarked from places unknown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can't uh, talk about my AO. What happens when you're active duty and you, you submit a ballot, right? Like you get away ahead of time, you submit it. Most states straight up tell you they're not even going to open it or look at it unless they have to. The first two times I voted while I was in the military, uh, I got told by the state that like my ballot just went straight into the garbage. So the whole concept of like your vote matters and is counted, they they explicitly tell you that is not the case when you're in the military. And even the few times that the military ballots are opened and counted, usually they're just fucked with at the end of the day anyway, like they were in Florida in 2000. But wait, I thought uh, service meant uh, citizenship. <laughs> it also doesn't mean that. They've used ICE to throw <laughs> veterans out of the country, so... Yeah, come on. But on the on the Georgia side, uh, I I will say that was it was surprising to see that one. It's going to be kind of meaningless if they can't actually pull off either Senate seat win, which right, those are going exactly. to runoffs now. I mean, it has to be both of them. I like that the the very online and media liberals are all just like. Thank you so much to the tireless work of Stacey Abrams oh my and, God. and Pete Buttigieg, who managed to turn Georgia blue. A, a Georgia on my mind tonight. And it's just like the the number one, the exit polls showed that the number one thing that people there were voting on are, are racial justice and that the new registrations and voting, uh, this surge came after the BLM movement. After, Literally BLM organizers are what delivered you the, the state. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's the actual radical or progressive wing of your party that energized people to turn out in a way that was you know, relatively unprecedented, or at least for a, a long while and the narrative immediately is just like 
God, thank God we were able to, to hold on despite the progressives nearly throwing this for us. It's completely untethered from reality, but they're already just going with that message. You win a Southern state and all of the hero worship goes to a single person. The people Absolutely. of the state didn't do yeah, anything. Right. The oh organizers didn't do anything. It goes to one person. You lose a state like in Florida, and it's, I hope everyone dies in a fucking uh, flood. I hope the hurricanes kill you all. Fuck you, Latinos. People went, and I said, the liberals, all that like ID poll, all the people who immediately uh, after Biden got in were just like, we need to talk about the racist, radical left uh, <laughs> co-opting movements and, and threatening our voter base and, and, and nearly taking resources out of the hands of of these POC communities fucking three days prior. They're all just, I mean, we got real fr fucking phrenological about Florida. Just people like, yep. well, you know how those goddamn Hispanics are. The women are okay, Yo. but the men with the fucking machismo, I tell you what, they think more of their dicks than their brains. Fuck Florida. No more hurricane relief sips tea. And it's just like, wow, this really is blue. Mac. <laughs> None of the Did politicians you... in Florida lost it for them. It was the people versus Georgia, where it was a single person. The biggest thing that people are going to give Stacey Abrams credit for is apparently that she got everyone out to vote and she single stopped single-handedly and that she um, ended the exact match system, which in 2018, granted, probably cost her the governor's race. And the exact match system, for those that don't know, uh, probably took about 50,000 voters off the polls in 2018. And it was a way to sort of conflate um, a lot of sort of outdated records and question people's um, citizenship and voting eligibility rights. It was incredibly racist. Everyone knew exactly what it was when it happens, but they couldn't stop it in time. Over the last two years, that has been the subject of a massive, massive lawsuit with, between five huge firms in Atlanta, including the ACLU, trying to bring that down, and they did. This lawsuit was brought on primarily by Asian voters living in Gwinnett who got fucked over. This huge Korean population who were like, what the fuck do you mean we can't vote? Because you guys changed the way you spelled our names when we moved here and like got our green cards. This is fucking bullshit. So Stacey Abrams is getting credit for that because it's a lot easier than that to say like, oh, we've got this huge Korean population in Atlanta that really fucking hates Trump. And they may, you know, like there. The second thing was that you could vote in Atlanta for a month, right? Yeah. Like normally in Georgia elections, it rains and it floods on election day and no one can get to the polls and Atlanta doesn't come out. If everyone can vote for a month or just go down to State Farm Arena and vote right in there and there's it's right off the MARTA train, that shit works. You can't repress that or suppress that. That's what happened in Georgia. There, There is that thing in the news on election day about Oh, like a water pipe bursting in like a, a voting area. <laughs> yeah, so like yeah. they could, they can only do that one time. Whereas any other election, when you don't have a month to vote, that that would be in every single uh, uh, precinct voting area. Just yeah. some some excuse like that. Yeah, that was the water main burst, and I think it was Fulton County where they were yeah. counting ballots. So we just had to we had to shut it down. We can't count ballots anymore for a few days. It's not raining today. Got to got to got to burst a pipe. You know. With Florida and the Hispanic, you know, like, God, fucking Hispanics, Trump figured something out between 2016 and 2000 and now that the Republicans have been saying since 2008 was like, we need to get Hispanic voters. But the way he did it was by realizing that Hispanic voters are not some monolithic entity. Democrats yep. approach yeah. <laughs> Hispanic voters as the Browns. And they're like, the Browns vote for us. The blacks vote for us. Let's hope we can get enough whites to cover the difference. Trump realized that Hispanic voters are racist as shit, too. And he you know what the cubans hate the mexicans and we are going to play this up literally he approached it from a less racist perspective than the fucking democrats do where he went like well oh they're all different God. people i could appeal to different parts of this not for nothing trump actually increased his share among black voters in south florida too in the broward miami Day, palm beach county 
yeah, so it, it wasn't just that fucking people in South Florida are super racist and you can post the Bugs Bunny sawing the, uh, the state off gif. It's just that people who live in South Florida, for example, looked at the two policies and did sort of the, uh, the, the Matt Chrisman, do I want to be a pussy or do I want to be an <laughs> asshole calculation and decided like, well, fuck it. If we're going to have kids in cages, if we're going to have immigration, God knows I had to fucking deal with all that shit. It's a pain in the ass, but I did it. So fuck it. Let's just not be pussies about it. You know what? We do need jobs. What the fuck is Biden doing? I have to learn the code. Fuck that guy. There's Florida voters. People keep forgetting this when they go like, yeah, we got to give up on Florida. Florida was blue in 08. Yep. Blue in 12. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, in the last couple of years, we've enfranchised uh, felons. We've legalized weed. We've now voted for a $15 minimum wage. Like Florida voters do respond when you give them issues and options. Like, they're dumb, but they can keep like basically one thing in their brain <laughs> at a time. And when they look at the ballot and it's just like this thing, good or bad, they will vote along their interests there. But if all you're giving them is just like Bill you know, Nelson yeah. and Joe Biden. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck do they care that? Yeah. You should vote based on who makes your Instagram feed more interesting. Fuck it. Trump's response to gaining gaining among the Latino vote was to treat each specific community as a community that he could target with specific material policies that would benefit them and that appeal to them. And then, of course, Biden on the other, on the other side is just going to be like, yeah, I assume you're going to vote for me. I don't have to offer you anything. Like, come on, man, what are you going to do? And then the re Dems' response to this, and you're already seeing it, like, I mean, particularly those Ida B. Wells tweets on, on election night where – their, their response is not, oh, we have to offer these uh, communities specific material policies like Trump did. It's let's apply race essentialism to them and figure out how we can break them down into even more id poll categories so we can justify why that they did this like racist thing in their minds. It's fucking insane. They're just doubling down on it. The material conditions thing is a really excellent point. There are two different pro and con examples for that one uh, with Native American tribe groups switching their votes. So there was a tribe, and I think it's, I think it was North Carolina. Yeah, it's in North um, Carolina. That that almost went overwhelmingly for Trump because he explicitly did something for them, right? He, he made yeah. a promise and he delivered on something. And there was another one, and I think this one was Arizona, that overwhelmingly went against him this time, whereas last time it was sort of mixed because he explicitly fucked them over. Like, they're, people aren't fucking idiots. They know you get almost nothing from the government. It's one of those things that's so infuriating because it's like you can't do uh, I am owed a vote from whatever if the other person's like, here's exactly what I will give your community. I bet he would have taken Flint by storm if he went, I, I'm fixing all the pipes, and then did it. He would have absolutely demolished oh, he certain parts even, of Michigan. He wouldn't, he wouldn't even have to do it. Yeah, that's true. He could just promise. Acknowledge the reality on the ground, yeah. Yeah, we're going to have the most beautiful pipes, the hugest pipes. You'll have so much water, you won't even know what to do with it. Like, he wins it. Obama went up there and drank, pretended to drink from a glass of water and was like, yeah. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fucked up. Like, why do you think the concept of people voting against their own interests was created basically as cope by the Democrats to, to explain why people are voting for other politicians who are offering them things versus us who are, who treat you like babies. Like people, people are smart at the end of the day. I think most people understand that the political system is fucked. It's not going to help you. But if there is a person, no matter what side they're on, who's actually giving something very targeted and can do something very tangible in the moment. Yeah. You're probably going to go for that guy. You're, you're, you're not, not going to be shamed on a, on a moral basis, but which is what the Democrats do because they think you're a fucking emotional baby. My favorite Trump uh, thing to 
to the Cuban community, which really just shows how little the Dems were doing to for Cuban outreach in South Florida, was saying on Twitter and like sending all of his spokespeople out to say that Joe Biden was a tool of like Fidel Castro. Castro, yeah. Like, Fidel Castro's and like Fidel Castro's, Castro's dead. been dead for four years. But even the Cubans down there were like, you know what? Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with this. Like this is you more than the Dems. He's still got sons. Me. He's still got sons that are around. You know, <laughs> <laughs> gotta protect me from the Castros. Biden should have danced to Despacito a little bit longer. Dare I say more slowly? This one for the Espanol nice. listeners. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just a weird night. I just I was very disappointed in. I mean, I don't know what I fucking expected, but. I, it certainly wasn't turning on MSNBC and getting the level of electoral slash racial analysis that you'd expect from like Samuel L. Jackson's character in Django Unchained. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, the South Florida blacks there, there's all about hip hop, get money. And it's like, thank you, Van Jones. Can we just go back to the map? <laughs> Zooming out a little, like one of the lessons does need to be here. Uh, the campaign you ran that vote for Biden to get Trump out, the rest of the Republicans are just fine, worked effectively. You got Biden voted, and then they slaughtered you down ballot. Yeah, what happened to the whole, like, Biden is the most electable and we need him at the top of the ticket because it's the only path to reclaiming the Senate? I was being told that, like, two weeks ago, and now it's just like, well, this was as good as we could have done. Yeah, I actually, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about this earlier today, and, uh, you know, I don't. I, Biden actually ran a good campaign. You know, like Biden. You need to log off, Brad. No, no. Listen, <laughs> this is listen, so Like he did bad. exactly what he planned to do, but it was nobody underneath him. Like was just what they all were fucking shit. Like, and you can have that split between a national campaign and like the local campaign. And the biggest problem that Dems have is their candidates are fucking god awful. Brad yeah. fucking watch Weekend at Bernie's like. Well, you know what? You can disagree with their methods, but it was a pretty successful campaign. I would say alternate <laughs> alternate explanation for the split is Biden spent all of his time saying all the Republicans are fine except for Trump, and people voted for Biden and then all of the other Republicans, right? Like he his own messaging reinforced the idea that you vote for me but not the other guys. And like, yeah, yeah. down ballot, they're all they're all dog shit. I'm not arguing. Like uh, Florida, for instance, uh, one of the things that gets glossed over is they had a minimum wage ballot measure, right? The state Democratic campaign explicitly ran against it. They ran against the minimum wage increase on the Florida ballot. The Florida fucking minimum wage right now is like eight seventy or eight sixty. Yeah, and 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 it in the fifteen dollars an hour is through twenty twenty four. We don't even hit fifteen dollars an hour for like five fucking years. Like it is, it is a very slow process to get to the thing that's supposedly on your broader DNC platform. And the state ran against it because their fucking donors told them to. The state Democratic Party. So I yeah, mean, fuck them. I'm glad she, uh, like Donna Shalala got slaughtered. Good. Like, I mean, she's terrible. She deserves to be out. She is awful. Like, um, they, you know, I'm not gonna like put anything at Donna Shalala losing and like put that into greater context because she's a terrible politician. She but is. as long as we're talking about states, you know, like look at North Carolina. I mean, Joe Biden's never said a thing about Tom Tillis. I don't think they ever served in the Senate together. I'm fairly certain. Tom Tillis is hated in North Carolina. Was pulling underwater even before the election started, and yet somehow in North Carolina, Cal Cunningham just lost because he's a fucking trash candidate apparently. Gary, or uh, the governor, the Democratic governor, Cooper, won immediately. Uh, yeah. Won very comfortably. Handily. Like, North Carolina was almost immediately called Trump, Tom Tillis, and Cooper coming back. Like, where where is the connection with any of that? And so, like, what, what Biden didn't do anything, like, really either way against Tom Tillis, maybe, you know, you need to not let Chuck Schumer pick Senate candidates. 
Yeah, the, the Biden campaign was very effective, like you're saying, in their strategy of just hiding him away and not not showing him to the public, which worked out for him, because if they'd exposed him more, it would have been even more obvious to people that this guy's brain is leaking out of his ears. But um, when when the, the, the candidate's hidden away like that and is the, the campaign is just pumping out these very milk toast, uh, oh, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to work with the other guys. The other guys are OK. It gives a lot of voters sort of more frame of mind to split the ticket. I would say a, a good example of the like the individuals being awful would be Arizona. Mark Kelly, uh, who's the dim who just won the other Santa campaign in Arizona to join cinema. Astronaut, right? Astronaut guy, yeah. right? He won well before they could ever, ever call anything for Joe Biden. And it, it's like, well, why did he win so effectively? And like, one, he is like an actual decent candidate. Um, he's semi-likable. He seems to be like less of a piece of shit than normal establishment Dems, which is nice. And also, he is running against Martha McSally, who, if you're in the state of Arizona, you have had the state Arizona Republican Party force her on you like 10 times. She's the fucking John Ossoff of Arizona at this point. I was living in Tucson when she fucking ran her third campaign. Hey, y'all looking for tax breaks? <laughs> when she ran her third fucking campaign to finally win a House seat after they poured millions of dollars into it. Then they put her into the Senate seat. They handed her the Senate seat and she lost it. Right? They keep trying to give her fucking seats and she keeps losing them. She's a terrible person, a politician. Like, she's awful. They gave her that seat in 2018 so she wouldn't try to, like, force the issue with a recount. And they knew that Mark Kelly was going to run in 2020. So they're like, listen, just you get to go be a senator for two years. You get to make $500,000. Just go do that and then come home and lose. <laughs> that was her you have to pasture back home. Make your money. Yeah. Please then, stop yeah. running for things. <laughs> I like any candidate that's an astronaut. Because my experience with astronauts, I've only had one, and it was good. So that's a hundred percent ratio. <laughs> when I was in high school, uh, one of the people on like the space station or whatever was uh, an astronaut that went to our high school, and so they decided to name like the little Florida road that runs into our enormous school parking lot after the astronaut. I forget what his name is. Like, I don't know, it's one of those guys that fucking tweets too much or whatever. <laughs> and so, renaming the road, he came in, and we had an all school. Uh, assembly and this is like there's like this pretty fucking overcrowded Florida school if that's <laughs> that's like the one constant right and so there's just like thousands of us in in this like huge uh, sprawling uh, building I don't remember the the specifics of the speech but the broad lines were like yep here I am back where it all started I know a lot of you are looking around going man a place like this feels hopeless you know you're probably just <laughs> doing drugs all day just getting into fights and we're like i don't i don't know i don't think our school's that bad it's just like having to protect your sister from being felt up in the hallway switch, switch blades come out and so does the desperation i'm like i don't think it's that bad here this is not my lived experience <laughs> yeah, it just it's just like but you know what you two can escape yeah. <laughs> bro what was your youth like Jesus. but i'm just it's just like you could tell that like no, he was our school was bullshit, but just like in <laughs> the fact that he had to call it out and go, okay, I'm going back to space. See you, losers. It's <laughs> fucking sick. I, it's fantastic. I think if I recall correctly, a um, the dad of a, a girl I went to elementary school with uh, was an astronaut, and then typical of New Hampshire uh, politics, he he lost some local political race when he when he tried to run. That that rules. Thanks. Yeah. Nice. 
His, his opponent's just like, I think going to space is gay in a way. And the yeah. voters, they didn't decide, but it introduced that uncertainty. <laughs> it eroded confidence in his uh, candidacy. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say one more thing about the Arizona race because the astronaut won. Uh, Sorry about that. I just for no, I forgot no, about that moment. That's amazing. One of the other things about the Arizona race, similar to Georgia here, is they, they got a, the win off of progressive activists and organizers. There are two ballot measures, one for legal weed, which always makes the youth vote turn out, and it did pass. And then the other was for increasing income tax on rich people. It was explicitly, we should tax these fuckers more. And the activists and organizers were out in force, whipping to get people out to vote for that one. And that definitely spilled over. So the combo of those two makes a huge difference. It's almost like maybe Dems should make sure there's always progressive ballot measures people want and then not run away from them because you could actually win more. I mean, but literally, that, literally 2004, they, the GOP won because they had abortion on the a special like ballot in Ohio. Like yeah. that is exactly why the GOP won in 2004. And then Dems were just like, man, that was tricky. Oh, well, guess we got to move to the right more. And then in every state that legalizes weed, which, by the way, was every single state that had it on the ballot, legalized it. So that is Arizona, New Jersey, which, thank God, that means the whole Northeast is about to go. Montana, South Dakota, and then Mississippi voted for medical. Montana. Yeah. Fucking Montana. <laughs> what, what could be accomplished if the party embraced it instead of making organizers do it state by state and fucking scrabbling to get every single goddamn state over? Oh, and you know, could be amazing. Was, if there's one candidate who never in a million years as president will endorse that, it is goddamn fucking drug war Joe Biden. Oh, Abs yeah. Absolutely. No, there's no way. He, and isn't he in particular responsible for a bunch of anti-raving policies? So he Hope like he's, he's, he's not chumed. He's not plur. He is the exact opposite of what we need for this moment when these you can see the success of these progressive mallet, ballot measures, you know, that that are honestly vibes like make politics about like good feelings again, because you know, in this in this fucking hell world where we have no hope of changing the economic system, all we can do is like medicalize ourselves more. And that's that's the trend where this is going and just fucking embrace that. Get some good vibes yeah, going. I mean, like the VA is like using MDMA for uh, PTSD treatment, and it's incredibly effective. Just like ketamine is the new therapy for, um, you know, resistant uh, major depressive disorder. Uh, but the funniest thing you said about MDMA, and I'm pretty sure he is. I'll have to check this out. But like back in like the late '80s and early '90s, in major cities and clubs, you could buy MDMA in like vending machines. Like you could just go put in five bucks and roll. What a, what a what a time to be alive that would have been. The early '90s. Wow. The, the whole bit about like uh, boomers constantly longing for the 40s and 50s, the part that seems kick-ass is that was before all of the drugs became illegal. That part does sound awesome. Yeah, you get like, fucking high as shit in the 1950s. Jesus. <laughs> Just a guy in a sports coat rolling an oil drum down the street, and you're like, where are you going? And he's like, I'm going to do this acid. <laughs> <laughs> Good and luck. Guy it's like, damn, I wish I was in the CIA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the government was giving people drugs. Like, what a time. All right, I think that's that basically covers the election. Just just one more uh, unofficial race. Huge winner being called now. Uh, I think this is undisputed. President Xi, big night for him. When he looks <laughs> out, he sees the president of the United States is basically dying. The president-elect of the United States is basically dying. And the president of Russia is basically dying now. That all, <laughs> that all just slipped under. I mean, in terms of uh, international affairs, could not be happier than how things are going for Xi. So 
Mr. President, I'm downloading Duolingo Mandarin. I am on my way. <laughs> I got to brush up on mine. President Xi, you're, you're <laughs> the people of America yearn for freedom. They cry out for liberation. Bring forth the Please. dragon, President Xi. I've already learned, I've learned goodbye and hello and guaylo. Although that one's mostly just from living in New York City, Chinatown. <laughs> the revolution will be TikToked. Our infrastructure would be so good if he showed up and took over this country. He's so powerful and wise and virile. <laughs> you ever just look at a picture and you can tell, like, that guy has a big-ass dick. That's President Xi. Big, big Xi energy. The, the Chinese economy is a pretty fantastic where it's just like, well, we've got all this unemployment. What do we do? And it's like, yeah, just build a city. Like, whatever. It's like, we don't have anyone to live there. Like, fuck it. Our population's growing. Someone will get there eventually. And they're like, all right, well, let's just go build a Expand city. Expand the subway in cities that are busy. And they're like, yeah, no, no problem. We can do that easily. Every four years, the subway lines expand. How come when I look at a photo of President Xi, my calves just cramp instinctually? <laughs> it's, it's absolutely incredible how that's the apotheosis of like of like Keynesian economic thinking. Just build shit. Like, who, who cares about debt? Like it's 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 gonna it's gonna pay off in the long run, and they're they're doing it far far better than we are. Yeah, there's a sea here. Like build islands. <laughs> like fuck it. All right, the South China Sea is now ours. There's islands. He's just here. so powerful. Built them in man. You know, like he knows what he wants and he goes after it. And what I want is for President Xi to choke me until I forget what state capitalism means. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, President Xi, legislatively speaking, pin me down and fuck me like I'm someone you don't respect. <laughs> Not in the, I don't I don't mean I'm an American patriot. I don't mean anything seditious. I just saying as an American, when I look out, I want President Xi to slap me hard in the face if I try to come without permission. <laughs> Rob, what about this did you specifically need me for? Um, <laughs> a, a captive audience. <laughs> yes, I wanted you to watch. <laughs> and thank you to Brad for joining us for election chat briefly as he's mid move there. Uh, I was going to say, one of the other fun things about the China infrastructure thing that it is genuinely delightful, historically, that is the Chinese thing, right? Like, their cultural history is, yeah, we're the guys who invented giant city walls Bro, and catapults. The wall. yeah. yeah, they did it. Yeah, like, that's them. <laughs> like, the Mongolians invaded, uh, took their engineers hostage because they were like, well, you guys are literally the best engineers in the world, so help us destroy the walls in every other city in the, in the world. They nailed the walls thing. And then nailed the thing that in the Napoleonic era destroyed the walls era, which is gunpowder. Yeah. <laughs> they fucking, they got it on both ends. Yeah, but I'm like very much a fan of like the long view of history. And if you consider how much, how many thousands of years China has been this distinct political like identity compared to whatever slapdash creation the United States is, it was inevitable that that, 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 that they were going to win once they got their act together and, and once the, the European like colonialism that kept them down for a while like like retreated. Look, if it's going to be down to the eagle versus the dragon, all I'm saying is I choose the one with the elongated throat. President Xi, I will fuck you for citizenship. <laughs> Anti-eagle action. Uh, I say if you take the long view of history, uh, it really helps position the last like 50 years of how we treat china as an aberration like this concept that oh they're they're this like third world nation they're super poor but populous they're never going to do anything like that is an aberration uh the beginning of the fascist movement in china was because the final dynastic head fell this is historically for china like the weakest they've been yeah like from what <laughs> like 1850 to like 1970s like the weakest they've been and maybe two three thousand years millennia like, yeah 
that so so all the boomers being like i can't believe china's on the up and up and it's like well welcome to what has people have been saying for all of human history like you enjoyed the one brief blip in which that was not true welcome back to uh that normality reasserting itself that's what's occurring here if you are a, a triad member and you need a giant bearded, if you've watched John Wick recently and gone like, I want some of those big extra guys to stand behind me during deals, <laughs> I am available. Feel free to email me, get me on Patreon, whatever. <laughs> I know most of our listeners are in the Pakistani black market, but if you have triad friends, you know, float them this episode. <laughs> By the way, we're still number one podcast. <laughs> it's been like... <laughs> Five months uninterrupted. Wait, in, in <laughs> Pakistan, in, in, number you guys, one. You guys have a Pakistani following? That is our number one following. I'm not not exaggerating. It's the country we do best in. Yeah. Do you have it's, any it, explanation for that? We, uh, there's a CIA listening post in like Abbottabad. <laughs> that's that's literally... So, there's like, like where five, their favorite podcast. There's a net cafe in Peshawar that fucking loves our anti-Indian riffs. <laughs> Dollar Mendy, suck my dick. No, really, we we dumpster yeah. Bill Burr, WTF, the the barstool people. Fuck off. We run Pakistan. That rips. I mean, this may be a bit of a coincidence, but when I was making uh, uh, Chad Bernie patches uh, back when we still had electoral hope, uh, patch producer contacted me from Pakistan, and I ended up using them, and it, the, the quality was great, and they made me a bunch of Bernie patches. But they like just this new account came out of the blue and was like, "Yo, I can make pack patches for you." And then the 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 package of them showed up, and it was from uh, Karachi. So, it, it I don't you know I <laughs> I don't know what was going on there, but it it worked out on my end. True comrades in Pakistan. Half yeah. of our our Patreon supporters are from the Northern Warlords. <laughs> Uh, it constantly delights me every time I see it. <sighs> I mean, Brett's, Brett's theory, you, you said before that just like, if if you are listening to English-speaking political or comedy podcasts in Pakistan, <laughs> uh, you probably have like a better understanding of American politics than like the average American. Yes. So like, yeah. this. I mean, that's know. not even, I that, that's 100% accurate. If only because you get exposed to less of the propaganda, right? Or like the propaganda rings a little more hollow because you don't live there. Right? There's not like a reinforcement mechanism for it. I maintain that part of the reason why non-voters can actually like look at a thing like Joe Biden speaking and be like, man, that guy's fucking old and fucked up <laughs> and not have to filter it through like, well, maybe it's a maybe it's a stutter. It's because they're, they're just not engaged enough to get that level of political propaganda. Right. Like you get the normal American propaganda, but the like hyper specific, like the dims are actually genius hero stuff like. You don't have to do that if you're not that engaged. Same way, like, if you're overseas, you might get a little bit of that if you pay attention to politics, but everything feels a little more distant when you don't live in the place. That's that's very indicative of the concept of the imperial core. Like, any any expats are have moved away from the imperial core, so unless they're consuming MSNBC all day still, once they've moved away, they're not in, imbibing the same level of... Uh, corporate propaganda that that people who are both here in the physical meat space and what and tuning into the to the damn propaganda like we were talking about they're they're just getting a double whammy there what if instead of the isi it was the guy si and it was the pakistani intelligence agency but only for the boys that's the sort of <laughs> dudes rock micro baby. micro targeted pakistani comedy <laughs> 
you guys gotta uh, gotta launch like a sister or or brother podcast that uh, that 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 is under that um is under that branding just to appeal to that audience. You you I've you've already got I'm, them captive. You just gotta exploit that. I've been told I'm the Bill Maher of the Kashmir region. <laughs> <laughs> I uh stationed in Germany where literally every political decision impacts you a ton because you're in an active duty. Like political decisions are very important when you're active duty. Anytime people are like, I don't know, maybe we'll do a new fly zone. Like when you're in the region that the planes fly out of, you're like, Ooh, I'm going to be working 80 hours a week if that happens. Right. It's like very minor things in domestic politics that are like hugely, hugely impactful to your life. Or you're like, Oh, I'm going to, I, me personally, my ass is about to be deployed to Syria. If they actually put troops on the ground. Um, even still, a lot of political shit just feels way less important when you're not in the country because you're wandering around in a country that like stuff works. So you'll, you'll hear things about like the Dems are going to, you know, they're, they're good and decent and they love you. And you're walking around in Germany where they're like, of course we did universal healthcare. Like what the fuck are you talking about? It was so easy. Like it was just obvious. And then you, you know, you get some dim propaganda about how they're going to save the world. And you're like, Oh yeah, this is all horseshit. Okay, cool. Like it just it, it very easily like extricates you from being in the in the fucking mess where like you're just getting bombarded on all sides and it, like it gives you enough distance to be able to look at things a little more objectively. Was my experience with just being abroad and seeing some of this, the dumb the dumber bullshit that comes out of the fucking political propaganda machine. Uh, but now that we have Biden as president, any uh fuck I don't even know what else you want to talk about on that front. I just I'm it's I wish people could have at least taken the weekend before getting into the the anti-left messaging and the Biden is fucking a, a hard scrapple guy from fucking Scranton. We thank God we finally have the first identity here for either Biden or Kamala or even Dr. Jill Biden is now the first Italian American in the White <laughs> House. Like we're already just giving huge plaudits to these people for just squeaking by one of the most disappointing wins that I've seen since the fappening. <laughs> <laughs> I love the identity stuff because there haven't been that many presidents and the vast majority of them have been white English dudes. Anything that is not that hyper specific thing is probably a first because there just haven't been that many fucking presidents. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's just so it's so bad faith too, which, you know, just uh, free associating here. That uh, Bad Faith episode with Brianna Joy Gray was, it, it's her, her podcast with Virgil, where she's like, okay, the election's over. I can stop couching my assessments here. Joe Biden is much worse for black communities than anything Donald Trump has done. This guy's a fucking monster. There's Absolutely. no way. The, the people online, they're just like, can't wait to see the HBO series of this rags to riches Joe Biden story. I, because for a, a toxic combination of narcissism, uh, a master's of fine arts and, and self-loathing uh, propelled me to read in one sitting as a performance art thing, every page and every word of Joe Biden magazine, a real magazine that I found at a local gas station here. And I now know way too fucking much about Joe Biden's life oh, story. Like, Way more. The, the average psychotic lib knows less about Joe Biden, probably by design, uh, than I do now. And even in his own, it's his own narrative. It's a magazine put out by his press people for the valorization of his life story. And it still doesn't go with the rags to riches narrative. Like his great grandfather was like the first Irish senator 
like in America and in his Delaware grandpa or was some a state shit. senator. Yeah, his grandpa was a state senator. His father was the failure of the family because he only ran the largest Chevy dealership chain in Delaware. Yeah. Growing up, Joe Biden, uh, and he says this in the magazine, he, he grew up looking out his window like fucking Oliver Twist at the most expensive, fanciest private, private academy uh, in the state. There was a high school on a hill that was very like fancy boarding school-like, and he always looked out and sang fucking Quasimodo's out there as if one day... <laughs> as if he could one day achieve it. And even in it, it's like... You know, but it seemed impossible. Tuition was the equivalent of twenty five hundred dollars uh, a year now. So back then it was like three hundred dollars for a year. He's like, how was he able to do it? Well, he just they just signed him up. That's how he was able to do it. He got absolute dog shit grades, bullied people. He ran for uh, the student council president of his class, but couldn't get over the hump to be the school wide uh, student council president. And so to this day, it's just like, I could have done it, but I was more focused on catching 27 out of 30 touchdown passes thrown to me. Like, he is just Al Bundy still. That 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 whole story that he constantly tells on the campaign trail, by the way, about like, I remember when my, my father lost his job. First of all, the fact that it was a one-time thing when you were a kid uh, and it meant you had to go move back in with your rich relatives because, not because his dad, like, uh, was working class and it was struggling. His dad literally pissed the money away. He gambled it all on a bunch of bad investments. It didn't go well. So they went back to the rich relatives, recouped, and was handed a car dealership. Like, and then through political connections, grew it to the biggest one in the state. Like, that is his actual story. Yeah, Joe Biden got dog shit grades in high school, got dog shit grades uh, in college, got a, a free pass into law school where he was one of the worst students there this is when we talk like plagiarism scandal and all that his wife at the time had to help him like provide notes and get things done for him because he just put in no effort and had no capacity to do the work uh immediately out of out of law school his because he's so connected his a law professor goes you know what you're dumb as shit but here's a letter of recommendation to the fanciest fucking law firm in delaware he goes there by his own admission blows the interview looks like a dipshit they give him a highly paid position there after prosecuting a working class person successfully he goes ah oh, jack i don't know if i'm i'm feeling this i think i need to dedicate myself to defending the public does he become a public defender no that law firm writes him another letter of recommendation to the biggest criminal defense white shoe fucking firm in Delaware. He does that for a while, makes so much money doing that that his whole family can take off work and join him full time on the campaign trail where he's elected due to uh, party realignment. Party baby. realignment. Uh, he, he takes on the incumbent and and uh, uh, comes in with that wave. He is the youngest possible senator you can be. He is elected when he's not uh, actually eligible to be a senator. He becomes, what, I think 30? 30, just like a few days before. Before his actual inauguration. And then he sits there for fucking 30 years until he takes a break and then becomes Veep. This is not a rags to no. riches story and, at all. And like people talk about how Hunter is the, is the fail son. I, I think you've laid out a pretty convincing case that the elder Biden is as much, if not more, of a fail son. Except He's the ultimate fail yeah. son. He, he puts it to the test. He doesn't just talk about like, yeah, I could do this, I could do that. He actually torpedoes each opportunity he gets just to see if he can bounce right back. And he does. And, Every and, single time. And he spent his entire pro political career 
holding water, not for only the most revanchist corporate elements of the Democratic Party, but representing a state where he's literally brought the banking and credit card interests, all of that, to just allowed them to fucking to fucking uh, just plant roots and thrive there. And he's personally benefited from it very little. Like, he, he brags about being the one of the most poor senators. Except, if you're going to be that corrupt and take and just hold the bag for that many moneyed interests, shouldn't you be profiting personally for that? Like, at least get your bag along the way. Like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> I would still say, my argument on that one is, the entire extended Biden family has done shockingly well based off of those connections yeah. over the years. Yeah. Like they, all of them, all of them are dummies. Like that is definitely the like Biden family thing. Everyone should know. They're all dummies. Bo might've actually been the only semi smart one and then immediately got a brain tumor. Um, they're all dummies, but all of them have gotten jobs that you would go like, there's no fucking reason that he would have gotten that job. And it's like, yeah, well, because, because he's related to Joe Biden. And it's so the whole family has profited downstream right which would seem to have been the only thing he cared about uh also because he was already on board with most of the things the banks wanted to do they didn't actually have to bribe him much he, <laughs> yeah. he just did it for yeah. the for the love yeah. of the game like yeah. but I, I would say the other thing that should be noted is uh he he his entire career he was known as the laziest senator like this was like within the democratic party they were like yeah he's he's a lazy son of a bitch what are you gonna do man like he doesn't give a fuck about anything here's a reference for the the prestige tv libs Joe Biden really is the Robert Baratheon of the U.S. Senate. Just a, just a dumb, lazy slob. Everyone around him is a fucking viper profiting off of him, but he's just like, oh, Jack, you ever see a pretty girl? M minus the three years in which Baratheon was like a competent military general. There's yeah. no competent element at all. There's never a point no, where he did He was did pretty comfort. competent against the civil rights movement. <laughs> His fucking former best friend was Strom Thurmond. His current one is Mitch McConnell. I don't under. There's no shades of gray here. Libs are just fucking stupid. The, the the Biden crime bill for him. I mean, that's that's his battle of the trident. The 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 battle of the bells. That's that's bombs over Baghdad. Like he was one of the. He like he he was of course was a complete chicken hawk. His administration is gonna go back to being very hawkish. Like obviously Trump, he. Um, he he lessened the restrictions on what were the 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 intel criteria for uh, making drone strikes and whatnot. So the, like the civilian casualty percentage did go up overall, but like he was too afraid of his base to get involved in any new wars, and he didn't have the the strength of commitment to actually to actually like you know go all in on a Iran or Venezuela conflict, but. When you get Biden in, controlled by the uh, you know Bush neocons, the Lincoln Project, and whatever fucking ghouls from the past forty years of NatSec history, he's going to staff his administration with. Uh, I, I I think we're going to get some some very uh, some some consequences from that that we're not going to like. I guess the only way the Baratheon comparison doesn't work is that it's his son that got the gigantic warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> Although I guess Gendry had a hammer too, right? Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Is is uh, Hunter uh, his his bastard son? That's what it comes out as. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. You know probably it works. Yeah. God, so someone write this down before the fucking refinery girls get to it. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say what uh, because it was election week, right? Like every other news item got got shelved. So the whole thing where it seems like Putin is retiring slash uh, his health is fading very quickly. Um, that basically got ignored, which seems wildly important for 
all international affairs, especially in this country, since we think Putin's running everything. Seems like an important thing to talk about. Uh, the other one is three straight days of record-breaking COVID numbers. It was less important than constantly discussing how many ballots were counted today or in the next hour. We'll, we'll be getting in three hours from now. My student loan garnishment is almost certainly going to come back under Biden because it exists because of Biden. Yeah. Biden was the person, if you have student loans right now and you're like, isn't it fucked up that you can't discharge them in bankruptcy? That's literally Biden's legislation. Yes. And now, look, Trump absolute bullshit, and I'm very fortunate that I even uh, have a job. Uh, who knows how long that'll last. But the fact that my student loan payments have been like put on hiatus the interest isn't accruing at an absolutely usurious rate uh, because I went to school during the great fucking recession, the last one, Yeah. right? Uh, that's actually been a little bit of a help in terms of surviving and paying rent. And there's no way that that's just going to be allowed to continue, right? I mean, is there any stimulus hope? So, so I, from the Dems? I, I've been seeing these weird ass uh, media trial balloons flying around. People saying, "Oh, Chuck Schumer behind the scenes is is pushing for an executive order to cancel fifty thousand dollars worth of debt." And anyone falling for this shit is just a fucking mark. They're they're not going to push anything close to that in in terms of terms of just wiping out uh, massive amounts of debt in just a one time executive order. They're not they're not going to spend their political capital like that. And they they Biden doesn't think like that to begin with. Like yeah, like you said, he's one of the architects of this system that's that's keeping the this you know new upcoming generation when they should be putting their money back into the economy if it's going to properly operate it like it says it's going to. They should be putting it back into instead of just... The executive branch could do that, by the way, for anybody who's like, oh, it's got to pass through Congress. Like, not really. Uh, with the Treasury and executive orders, he could probably forgive most of your student loan debt just with the blink of an eye. So, no, it doesn't require Congress on that one. Um, by the way, the concept that political capital is a thing again... It just shows you exactly who the Dems are. Yeah, that, that's Political how Political capital think. is fucking yeah. bullshit. Yeah. What you can get accomplished is what you are willing to force through with the power that you have. Absolutely. You don't have enough power to force it through, then okay, that's where your limits are. There's no such thing as political capital. That's horseshit. It doesn't apply to a single Republican president. It only applies to the Dems because they choose for it to apply to them. Again, the only reason these sort of concepts exist is that it exists in the minds of the liberal people who have power. Because like, even though this concept shouldn't exist, it anyone who is pursuing a, frankly, like a rational actor strategy in political uh, decision-making, it should not be a factor for them. But because they, they think this way and they've let their mind be corrupted by this like combination of like Aaron Sorkin and Nate Silver brain, they, uh, they, they manifest this way of thinking into actually fucking people over in real life. Yeah, when all you've got is fucking game theory, everything is a prisoner's dilemma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I... Mean, like was a major in political science. Like I remember all this shit from like studying in the fucking belly of the nerd. beast. Yeah, no, I, I was, I was a fucking nerd. <laughs> I was a fucking dork. And I've, and I've like, you know, I hope you carried your political side books, like a Japanese schoolgirl just clutched to your chest as you teetered towards your class. You fucking dork. <laughs> yeah. I got a psych degree. You just fucking beer bong from the third floor every single day. And they're like, you unlock secrets of the brain. Here's your degree. I got a literature degree from Florida State, the state that doesn't read. Yeah, that is awesome. Brett Brett was an English major in Tallahassee, Florida. <laughs> that slaps. He was just the guy that was reading the sublime lyrics off the album cover. <laughs> I think it's going to be an interesting, uh, in both the positive and negative connotations of that word, it's going to be an interesting sort of next six months 
just because uh, first hundred days normally, even if you don't plan on doing anything, you have to still get out of bed and like sign some shit. Just you have to just, seem like you're doing stuff. Just yeah. so the TV has something to fucking talk about. So we're gonna get that from Biden, and we're I'm looking forward to lame duck Trump uh, because now oh it's God, it's any too. it's anything goes. I'm so fucking ready. Just. Un- untether yourself stop listening to your advisors they got you into this follow your instincts fucking lock up anna wintour now is the time <laughs> why become president but if that's by the way if that's the end of QAnon, is they they sh- they send anna wintour to prison and everybody has to go like yeah that actually that was what it was all about because they're <laughs> melting right now if that's the case i'm fully on QAnon. he, <laughs> he didn't win on. re-election because he didn't follow through on his main campaign promise which was to lock her up they didn't get a single her that they locked up, like in public. And so, like fundamentally, like if you if if you're a hardcore QAnon like Magat person who has wanted him to follow through on that rhetoric, they did not use the use the defense intelligence industry's black budget and make Devil Wears Prada two featuring you, Donald Trump, as the main character. Sure. Nobody can stop you constitutionally. This is what Steve Bannon talked about. It's a unitary executive theory. There are so many fun things he could do if he wants to be petty. Uh, Ian Mastrong, of all people, was like, he should pull all the troops from Afghanistan as a fuck you to Joe Biden. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that would be amazing. That would do that. Holy shit. Do that. Deschedule weed. Uh, fucking release all of the CIA documents you can. Tell us about the aliens. Uh, open, open, open the vaults. Like, yeah, yeah, do everything you can to fuck over the political establishment because that would genuinely kick ass. I would... I, I. I sincerely hope he does anything, but he probably will. He'll probably just fuck off and go off and try to set up a media organization. But you never know. And that is the delight of Trump. This is the last three or four months of which we get chaos. By far the funniest president <laughs> since Andrew Jackson. Rest in peace, Trump. Gone but not forgotten. I mean, like, one of the last things he did was fuck up uh, getting the four seasons and showing up at a fucking landscaping company. Like, you will not get that. That that moment of delight, you're like when you realize that these are the dumbest motherfuckers around and that they actually did this and are just trying to barrel forward as if that's, they're not standing by a dildo shop in front of a landscaping company. It's like, this is amazing. That's a great city block, by the way. (laughs) If I can pick up a fucking Hitachi magic wand and a riding mower, I'm just saying my wife's about to have a great morning. Like, Like for four years, the mask was completely ripped off of American politics and it was it, it 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 was a shining moment, and a lot of people were affected by it. And it did it did uh you know really really change things among the body politic. But now we're gonna just go and put the mask back on. People are gonna go back to brunch and forget about politics and forget about all of the causes for this thing. But they're gonna pat themselves on the back because they got e- epic with it and uh, and elected a, a, a fucking uh, you know senile uh, septuagenarian who is. Uh, not going to do shit for them. They're going to try to sew the mask back on like Joker after he gets <laughs> his fucking face ripped off and then just like reattach it where it's flimsy and horrifying and somehow more terrifying than if you just hadn't bothered yeah. at all. Yeah. <laughs> just fucking load load up the pardon minigun and start spraying. Let them, let everybody out. Pardon every <laughs> single federal prisoner. Folks, folks, we're letting out Buju Bantan. We're saying boom, bye, bye to his prosecution. <laughs> He's just he's just Bane uh, in front of the prison, like ripping ripping up a ripping up a photo of Biden, just letting everyone out to to wreak to wreak financial crimes on society. 
Just prosecute the Pope for being so mean to you. Just have fun with it. He, he's going to have his yeah. own anti-Pope arc. Like, Mar-a-Lago is the new Avignon. <laughs> uh, he definitely... I, I'm glad that that's where he has already decided he's going to relocate. <laughs> Folks, I'm the true successor to St. Peter. <laughs> as, as, as far as, like, cultural proximity to a podcast, that is a very, very good spot for him to be for you guys. Listen, all, all politics are Florida politics. I keep saying this and no one ever fucking listens. <laughs> as, in, as in they're trending rightwards. Uh, also, because we're the only people who know what's going on in Florida. Every time I have to watch a fucking CNN analyst be like, so Hillsborough County. Hillsborough County is, uh, and I'm like, it's terrible. I'm from there, but it'll vote blue. Shut the fuck up. And it's just like, just watching the butcher. There is nothing i mean there's a lot more deranged but it is fairly deranged having to watch as someone that like you know i grew up in a swing state and i wasn't a, our family took in-state vacations because our state is the size of the entirety of new england also we're broke so it'd be like hey guess what get in the car this summer we're going to fucking apopka florida we're going to Winter Gardens. We're going to explore. Winter Gardens. I remember that. We're going to explore <laughs> all of fucking Monroe County, which actually that one's not too bad. Uh, but it's like I've been to all these places, and there's basically two things to know about each county, and then that's it. There's not a whole yeah. lot fucking going on in Naples, Florida, and it's amazing to watch like highly paid election specialists open up the map of Florida and, and just be like. Pinellas County. Um, okay, I, I'm seeing here that Pinellas is short for pine. Just reading the Wikipedia. <laughs> Nothing. No one put any work into this whatsoever. I hope he runs for governor of Florida. That would Holy rule. shit. <laughs> He'd crush. L looking, looking here at, um, just Cornell. Looking here at uh, Leon County. It, um, uh Population center Tallahassee. Leon's looking like Biden is the king of 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 Leon <laughs> County, and uh, he won't want to uh, wait waste a moment in getting those waste a moment from the 2016 Kings of Leon album Walls. That's all I know about this map of Florida. Hopefully, this will be over in an hour. I uh, I'm I'm glad he's moving to Florida. That that I hope one of them runs for a statewide office in Florida just to keep it going. I hope Laura Loomer runs for every office that opens forever. She did sadly lose, so she's still she's still out yeah, there. She searching. she still chained herself to to the decision desk, uh, and uh, we're we're. <laughs> that was so uh, cool. <laughs> I know she's like a horrible person with wretched policies and all that, but literally chaining yourself to the Twitter headquarters in New York is such a high level poster move. And just one door, so they could still come in and out of the other door. That's what's so rules. <laughs> like, you know, there, there's there's the there's people like you know Larry Bird, and that that's really the wint uh, of being a poster. Like, just technically flawless. You know, he's yes. put in the reps. He's yes. been doing it for years. You know, not a, a natural talent. Then you've got fucking Laura Loomer, who really, she's the Dungeons and Dragons sorcerer. She can just cast off the dome as many times as she wants, <laughs> and it's all just magic. <laughs> didn't didn't she wear like a yellow star on herself too when she chained herself? To she's the, done it yeah. all. Yep. She she got she wanted to set up an encampment on Nancy Pelosi's yard, but then her and her people couldn't figure out how to actually pitch the tent because they didn't practice oh, ahead of time. Rules. So they just threw the sticks on the ground and bailed. <laughs> <laughs> she's so cool. Chaining yourself to the doors, but only one door. So you're just eventually stuck there asking interns if they could call a locksmith because you have to pee. That's Praxis. <laughs> it's just brilliant. I, lo I love everything about that.
Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. This has been uh, Brad at Little Sport. We had a Rob at Dumb and Awful, Brad at Fish for Shizzle, and then we had Grift at Grift Shop. Shop of the Zero, right? Yep. Uh, and you should check out some of the amazing merch Grift pumps out. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what sort of amazing brunch things you're going to come up with for this next four months. Oh, yeah. I- when, when you made your name Grift Grift Shop with a zero, is that because there was already Grift Shop was taken or you just wanted people to know that you're a hacker from 1998? <laughs> it, it was because uh, Grift Shop was taken and it was one of those accounts that was created right when Twitter was started and has nothing's been done with it since. So it, it forced me to, uh, to, to, to put the zero there to have the, have the, uh, fluidity of branding there uh just um but yeah you know uh yeah check out check out the griff griff shop the website is uh griff.shop um every everyone's been lib posting these days so yeah brunch brunch merch honestly haven't thought of it but you know that's that's definitely a good idea maybe might pump something like that out in the future uh we got the we got the anti-malarkey action uh blue antifa flag of course in this biden era um, Christmas season's coming up. Uh, last last year, I think the first viral um, design that happened was the War on Christmas thing. So I've, you know, that's a, that's an old classic. That if you haven't gotten one of those already, uh, check check that on the site. But uh, yeah, you, you got to get it this year because the war is about to be won. Biden and Harris are going to kill Christmas forever. Yep, yep. So limited time options uh, here. This this Thanksgiving, uh, we're saying brunch. That's that's going to be the first shot of the War on Christmas this year. <laughs> Oh, awesome. Well, thanks for joining. We yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, it was great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, thank you to Brad for popping in and helping us with some electoral chat. But yeah, uh, we've got bonus episodes on Patreon, um, including Rob's avant-garde Biden magazine read, which you shouldn't listen to. But if for People some reason... are such perverts that like a number of, of them have been like, I listened to the whole thing. And if that isn't an indictment on American culture and just where we are in terms of psychic trauma from this election, <laughs> I don't know what fucking is. I, I explicitly say, don't listen to this. This exists as an, <laughs> a, an objet d'art, which is perfect French pronunciation. <laughs> this is something that it's like when you go to the MoMA and there's like a, a Warhol uh, monitor playing like some 17 hour movie. You're not supposed to fucking sit there and watch the whole thing. You just regard it conceptually and move on. If you are actually listening to four and a half hours of Joe Biden magazine, just Google national suicide hotline and know that it doesn't have to be this way. You are not alone. Yeah, honestly, (laughs) if it evokes that much of a response that you end up consuming four and a half hours of it, like that is just a testament to the strength of the art right there. So if if, if you're going to make that sacrifice, uh, that is that is that is that is much appreciated probably probably from the end because it uh, I, in in enhances the 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 quality of the art if it actually makes people you know consume it to that level. I can think of no purer example of the death drive ideology than someone willingly subjecting themselves to that level of political ideology. <laughs> for more philosophical musings along that line, subscribe to Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com backslash dumb and awful. Thanks for listening, y'all. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks again, Griff, for coming oh, yeah, on. Of course. Thanks for having me.